And I just wanted to out train him. And, uh, you know, that was my mindset. So I pushed him. He loved it. You know, like, yeah, he got done with the workout. He was like, man, I ain't, I ain't been pushed like that. He was like, I need this work. He was like, uh, I want to come back on Friday. And I was like, yeah, most definitely. You know, like, I'm thinking this, this is good publicity for the gym. Yeah. And so, you know, we snapped some pictures. He comes back on Friday. Same mindset. I was like, man, I, I want to outwork this dude when he comes in. Like, I just want to, I want to do everything. I want to run a little faster, harder. I want to, you know, like whatever we do, like, I just want to yeah. push. And, uh, you know, we got done. He was like, man, he was like, he was like, that was a great workout. Love it. He was like, what I got to, what I got to know is what it would take to bring you to training camp with me and you'd be a strength coach tomorrow. You're listening to the Art of Kings podcast show, where our mission is to change the world through men's development. If you're interested in mastering self, building generational wealth, and creating an impactful legacy, then be sure to hit subscribe and join the strongest family on the face of the earth. Peace, family. Welcome to another episode of the Art of Kings podcast show. As always, I'm your host, Sean Stevens. Today, I'm joined with a very special guest who I will announce momentarily. But first, if you're not already subscribed to the podcast, pause this episode, follow or subscribe, depending on what platform you're using to listen to this podcast on. Be sure to leave us a five-star review. Of course, if you feel it's appropriate, be sure to leave a comment. Let us know what you think. We'd love to interact with the community. Without further ado, my guest today, strength and conditioning coach of Team Crawford, Chet Fortune. Chad, how we doing, bro? Hey, I'm doing good. Can't complain. I'm alive, feeling good, so healthy. I'm here. I'm happy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We love to hear it, man. And so it's crazy enough, when we first connected, I had no idea that you were with Team Crawford, right? Like you, sure. were connected, you were connected with somebody we had on the podcast before, Lamar Womble, and he's also from Nebraska. He does motivational talks and everything. We had him on the podcast, and I was like, you were connected, and I read a little bit about your personal story, which we're going to talk on on the podcast today. And I was like, I got to have him on the podcast. But then when we connected, you're like, yo, let's connect after training camp. And I'm like, training camp? What is what is he talking about? And so I look a little bit further. I'm like, oh, snap. Like, he's Crawford's uh, strength and conditioning coach. And that was super dope for me because I love boxing. I'll be watching it with my family and everything. I'm like, yo, that's wild. So it's going to be so dope to have him on the podcast. So definitely appreciate you taking up the time. Uh, to chat with us today, bro. Oh, you got it, Sean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so many things that I want to touch on. So, first and foremost, man, congratulations. It was a huge team win. Um, super amazing performance. When I finished watching, I was like, it's definitely from start to finish one of the best performances I've ever seen. And one of the main things that I noticed while having while the fight was going on, I'm like, it, you could see like the strength of the entire team Crawford, like in the ring, like from the strength and conditioning side, I'm like, yo, Bud could have went like a whole nother fight. Like the strategy was amazing. The, everything was super well executed. And I was like, yo, this is, this is super, this is the greatest performance I've ever seen in my life of watching boxing. Right. And so one of the first things I want to talk about, cause we're going to jump into a lot of things, man. What's the mindset going in, to camp is it different for this fight you know being that this is one of the biggest fights of y'all you know for team Crawford but what's the mindset is it any different what are y'all thinking about going into camp 
I mean, I think the the mindset is similar. We take each uh, opponent, you know, as an individual. You know, like the opponent that we have in front of us is the the important fight at that time. Uh, with this fight, I can say it was a little different because uh, at the end of the day, what a lot of people don't understand, I think, you know, us as a team, we understood it. But, like, Crawford had more to gain out of this fight. You know, like, if if a lot of people don't follow boxing, you know, there's not a lot of undisputed champions. You know, like, when he did it the first time, he was one of seven champions to ever do it. Hmm. Uh, obviously, obviously, there's been more. You know, these last couple of years, we, we've seen more and more. Uh, but it's still a handful of undisputed champions. Right. So to do it to do it in two divisions, two different weight classes, it it's never been done before. So it, it was it was more than just a fight for Bud. It was a a legacy opportunity to mm-hmm. to be able to etch his name into you know being the first to do it, and you know until somebody does it again, the only boxer to ever do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only being forty and zero, you know, but he could he could literally retire today. And he's, you know, a first round Hall of Famer, you know, first yeah. ballot. So, yeah. uh, like, you know, there's really nothing to prove in boxing at this point. And uh, that's that's what it was to us was just like, you know, there's there's no ch- like we knew we knew before the fight. Uh, obviously, a lot of people thought it was going to be a big fight. Uh, but us as a team, us as a camp, that's pretty much all we do. You know, every single camp is watch boxing. You know, you go in any camp house, any camp room. Uh, there's boxing on the TV, you know, YouTube and just doing everything we can to research every opponent and just stay in tune with everything that's going on with boxing. So, you know, like looking at Spence, we didn't really see what the world saw. <laughs> you know, like we we knew we knew there's levels to boxing. You know, like obviously we I've been around the team since 2015. Hmm. And, you know, like I've seen all kinds of opponents come and go, you know, other former world champions, spar with, but so like when I say there's levels to it, you know, and I've said this on other podcasts before as well, like Bud's, Bud's at a different level that you just, yeah. it's a one generational athlete type of thing, you know? So like when we saw Smith, we saw, you know, a one dimensional fighter hmm. who didn't have, you know, everything in the, in, in, at his disposal that, that Bud does. So you know, we we saw it as an easy fight. You know, from the time we finally got the fight, Bomac, you know, the head coach, he was super excited. Like, you know, we finally got it. Like, you know, this is a chance to show the world, you know, like how much greater Bud is than everybody else. Yeah. You know, like we they finally said yes. All you know, everything finally aligned, and you know, like we're gonna show exactly what he's able to do against what everybody thinks is the greatest wealth. You know, like. Right now, he's got three belts, but he's got one. Right. And, you know, like we we knew it was going to be lopsided. Yeah. Uh, you know, the dominant performance was exactly what we trained for, you know. But to say everything went to perfection, it did. You know, Bud got in there and, and you know, like he picked them apart the way he saw it in his mind before he even stepped in the ring. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. No, it's so it was. Like, it was no, go ahead. It go was ahead. Definitely, def- definitely a big fight for what he was able to, you know, like gain from a, uh, you know, respect, uh, mm. you know, situation. I think a lot of people, you know, after that fight are going to look at Bud and anybody he steps in the ring with and think Bud's, you know, got the the upside and, you know, the, the better chance of winning the fight. So, I mean, he proved what he needed to prove. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. You know, it's so, so, you know, you just saying that it was obviously a legacy fight for you guys. You guys knew that it was going to be a lopsided fight. I saw on some of your posts on, we have each other on LinkedIn. And so I saw some of your posts and everything. You were like, our side better. 
and like all of those things. I saw some of the, yeah. I saw some of the um some of the workouts and training that y'all were doing, not in depth, but I saw some of the um the mountain hikes or jogs or you know when you guys hit the summit, some of the pictures there and everything. And so I'm like, yeah, they're definitely they're definitely in here working. So I want to talk a little bit about. I want to talk a little bit about the fitness training around preparing for a fight of this magnitude, especially you guys just said it was a legacy fight for you guys. Like Bud could have retired before this fight ever happened. It still would have been a, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer, just solidified himself as one of the, you know, well, the only now person, male boxer to go two times undisputed, which is, you know, incredible. And so for a legacy fight like this, right, it's there's a lot on the table for you guys. One of the main things that I noticed watching the fight is Bud's composure in the whole throughout the entire fight, throughout the lead, the build up to the fight, press conferences, everything, like even in the interviews, everybody on the team, super, super composed. And that's something that I really draw inspiration from in everything that I do. Like one of the reasons that I love boxing, because it's so applicable to the rest of all facets of life, right? So being in business and everything, being that that's something I'm super passionate about. I've been super passionate about all the change that I want to make in the world since I was young. One of the main things that I struggled with was composure because I'm like, yo, like I'm great. And like, like people might not see it, but like, I'm, I know I'm great. And so I was kind of a loose cannon growing up. Cause I'm like, yo, like I, I'm, I know I'm great. I'm going to like, I'm, I'm ambitious. I'm going to show it and everything. And so Focusing on my composure was a huge part of my personal development journey. And so to see a highly executed or to see um, a fight of that magnitude executed with so much, with that level of composure was super inspirational for me. So I want to know what kind of, what kind of things do y'all do to build that level of composure? Is it where, where do y'all practice it? Is it on those, you know, is it on those mountain hikes, those jogs? Is it in the weight room? Where do y'all build that that level of composure? I mean, from a certain standpoint, you know, it, it comes down to the individual. Like, you know, like you're, you're in the fitness realm and, you know, in that sector and industry, like I owned a gym for 10 years, right? So probably 25,000 hours worth of general public and, you know, elite athletes that I've worked with uh, as far as training goes. And, you know, like you kind of know from the beginning, you know, I give I give somebody a week of doing personal training with them. Mm-hmm. And I know how motiva- motivated they're going to be or continue to be, you know, like how serious they are, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, like that individual that comes in and, you know, like they could be 150 pounds overweight, but if they're extremely motivated and they're committed, you know, and and, and you could see that, you know, from their actions, from, you know, the way they speak, the way their their energy is about, you know, everything they're doing, how serious they take it, how consistent they are. Uh, you know, you know, that person is going to succeed no matter what. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it starts from the top, you know, like when it when it comes to composure, like, you know, I've heard the story over and over from Bud, you know, from the time he began fighting, you know, as, as a kid, you know, before he was a teen, mm-hmm. he knew he was going to be a world champion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like he, he I think a lot of the professional athletes that I've dealt with, you know, like not just Bud, but, you know, like I had some NFL athletes that came to my gym when I owned it. And, uh, you know, uh, Kenny Anatolu, I remember him telling me when he was seven, year, seven years old, he wrote right above his bed, NFL, because, mm. you know, that was the first sight he wanted waking up every morning was to see NFL. So it, dro- it drove his actions throughout the day and everything that, you know, he was going to do to get to his desired goal. 
And I think, you know, like some some athletes are, are, are built like that, but one of those athletes that are built like that, like, you know, didn't drink, didn't smoke, didn't do a lot of the things his friends were doing around him. You know, uh, you know, obviously there was trouble in North Omaha. There's trouble to get into. But, you know, he, he went to the boxing gym to stay out of that trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, like I said, wasn't wasn't into the partying and, and doing everything he can, you know, he could with his friends that just have fun, you know, because his ultimate goal was to be a world champion. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like keeping that composure at all levels, you know, it happened at, at a young age for Bud, you know, like the things his mom put him through, you know, having him fight just random people from the streets, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and not maybe receiving that love like, you know, a lot of other kids receive mm-hmm. that love from their mom. So, I mean, you know, it, it was built in him and instilled in him at a young age. So it kind of, you know, like wears off on the rest of the team. You know, things that we do during camp, you know, like obviously we, my goal is really to push him to his limits when it comes to like a fitness perspective. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like at that point of wanting to break, you know, like or wanting to quit, mm-hmm. like that's that's my job to push him a, a little harder, you know, and and. You know, I've, I've said it before as well. Like Terrence is kind of one of one in the in the fact of you know, like we we might have days where we did two or three workouts, and you know they were hellified workouts where they would break down just about anybody. And we get back to the camp house after you know a long day. It's six o'clock. You know he gets some food in him, and you know everybody else is ready just to relax. You know, try to try to prepare their mind and their their body for the next day. And then, you know, he wants to take a run down the mountain. You know, our house is up in the mountains. He wants to take a run down the mountain, which is, you know, a mile and a half down, a mile and a half back yeah. after all the work is done. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so like, you know, like I want to say it's things that we do in camp that, you know, like we've been consistent with the way that we've worked our camp for a long time. Our team works as a team. And, you know, I say that. And even some of these high-level camps, you might have, you know, a boxing coach. You might have a couple of boxing coaches. You mm-hmm. might have a – you might have a strength coach. A lot of boxers don't even have a strength coach. They might try to get, you know, that perspective of, you know, their, their strength training on their own, where they might be following some kind of plan or they're going to the gym to 24 hour fitness or something like that on their own outside of boxing. You know, like one element about our team is it's a team. We've, we've got a team house during training camps. That's six to eight weeks. We're all together. You know, there's three, there's three boxing coaches. Uh, You know, I've been, I've been around a lot of different strength coaches as well. Like, you know, we had Ashley, who was, you know, another strength coach, you know, with me uh, on this camp. Been around a lot of them. You know, I've been been solo plenty of times too. So, you know, like, ultimately, at the end of the day, we're in the same house, you know, having to be around each other at all times, learning about each other. And, you know, like, that's that creates a brotherhood that, you know, you're not going to get in a lot of other camps, you know. So I think, you know, like, that mindset – of you know keeping that composure for a fight or anything that's going on around the fight you know there's a lot of a lot of just just people that talk you know that are outside of boxing that you know like there's lots of chatter so kind of everybody being on that same page of you know how we handle that like we're around each other to talk about it to to kind of get through through those things together but like i said ultimately it starts with the individual and that's just kind of how bud is built Mm, yeah yeah man so i want to talk i want to talk a little bit more about the team i want to talk a little bit more about your personal journey because that's a crazy you know story in itself from what i've seen and so let's just let's just let's just talk about it from there so i want to hear about your you know personal 
story and you know one of the what seems to be like defining moments um in your life and i'm not even sure when you know what what the audience will hear what we're talking about in a moment i'm not sure like when this happened but was it you know you'll you'll say it in the story but was it before you joined team crawford was it you know was it after so like what was your story um leading up to joining team team crawford I had a lot of careers, uh, you know, like great careers, pharmaceutical sales for Pfizer, ranch manager for a multitude of banks, uh, director of business development. You know, I've got my bachelor's, my master's degree. So, you know, like I've, on a business side, like, you know, like I've kind of been there, but never really found, you know, my purpose or my passion until, you know, it was about two, it was 2012. So 2012, uh, you know, kind of came around. I was a branch manager for American National Bank at the time and uh, just going to work, you know, just like a lot of other people do, you know, like wake up and dread going to work, you know, and uh, it was work and, you know, like the job paid okay, you know, but I didn't enjoy it. And, you know, like meeting after meeting about stuff I didn't feel like talking about or things I think we could email, you know, just was getting on my nerves. So, you know, like uh, prior to that, I'm, I kind of backtracked for a second. Uh, 2010, you know, because I had that entrepreneurial spirit, you know, probably since high school, like I did deck in high school and, you know, I like getting in front of people and, you know, I, I like selling, but I like selling, you know, a service or an offering of, of mine, not somebody else's, you know, so uh, 2010 was the actual first time before 2012 uh, that I took that leap of faith and, you know, I opened a janitorial service. I was able to was and I did that because, you know, like I knew it'd be easy. I had a friend in town that, you know, had a pretty successful janitorial service. My grandfather uh, had a janitorial service. So I knew I had people that I could lean on and, you know, ask questions. And, you know, it it was a smart business. I was able to acquire business. You know, I could have built that to something special. You know, like I remember I was more excited about the logo design and the website. You know, like I was I was more into that stuff than actual the service that I was providing. And so, you know, like I. I, I got all that stuff done. And then when I actually started, you know, like bidding on these contracts, winning over these contracts and doing the job, I hated the work. I was like, you know, I, I don't want to clean up behind people for the rest of my life. This is just not what I'm about to do. So that's when I went back into banking and I started, you know, kind of thinking though, like, you know, like what is, what is something I really truly enjoy doing and could do without somebody paying me to do it? You know, and mm-hmm. I was an athlete in high school, you know, uh, one thing I never let go of is was I continue to go to the gym every day, you know, and, mm-hmm. and throughout other jobs that I had, you know, like I, I, I'd have people following me to the gym, you know, like wanting to work out with me on a consistent basis. And mm-hmm. it kind of sprung me to like, you know, I could probably get paid to do this. Mm-hmm. So 2012 hit and I was just like, you know what, like I want to open a gym. You know, I, I didn't know anything that it would entail. I've right. never worked for a gym or anything like that. You know, I had a lot of people looking at me sideways, like, you know, you open up a gym, like you sound crazy, yeah. you know, but what, I, whatever, you know, like I, I got my CPT in February of that year and then uh, started looking at, you know, space and I knew I didn't want to work for a global gym. I didn't want to do it how they wanted to do it. You know, I didn't want to get paid 15, $17 an hour while, you know, the gym's charging the 75, like, you know, that math, I'm doing all the work and, you know, you're getting 80% don't make sense to me. Right. And so, you know, like I, I found some space. Uh, you know, I, I didn't really lock down on it. And, you know, I had, you know, 30 days to get back to him. He said, he said, you know, just make sure. So I remember going into work and we had another meeting. I feel like being at, 
<laughs> and I remember walking to that meeting, you know, the whole time I'm thinking about like, man, I should just quit this job, you know, yeah. like, and uh, after that meeting, I walked in my regional manager's office. It's like, hey, I'm putting my two weeks. And yeah. then I got in touch with my leasing agent, you know, that, that next day, signed the lease for space. And uh, two weeks later, it was June 1st, opened up my doors. I didn't have a whole lot of equipment or anything. It was like basically functional equipment. So yeah. a bunch of sand, sandbags and uh, I did have some dumbbells and, you know, some bands and, you know, like real functional equipment. Mm-hmm. No, no, like real plan in place, which, you know, like if you're taking a business class, that's kind of the first thing is have the business right. plan together. But, you know, I didn't take out a loan. So it wasn't like, you know, putting a business plan together for, for uh, acquiring money sake. You know, I knew I was going to start small and go from there. And, you know, I, I trusted myself. Mm-hmm. I trusted my passion. You know, I knew I was I was passionate about it. I was good at it. And, you know, it was something I could keep consistent with. And if I could sell all these other things, you know, throughout all these careers that I had, mm. and I could sell that stuff well, things I didn't care about, something I care about, I knew I could sell well, you know. Yeah. And uh, that was just the mindset going in. So June 1st, open doors. Uh, Facebook was kind of the only social platform that meant something back then. Right. So, you know, I was talking about it on Facebook. But then, you you know, you quickly learn your friends aren't what, you know, drives your business. They're, they're not the ones that are going to, truly support you you know like they want they want stuff for free or discount yeah you know so (laughs) so like which is crazy you know but at the same time it is what it is so you know i started looking at groupon groupon you know they shop your price your offering in half and then they take half of that so you know like groupon did bring people in it brought the wrong people in though it brought people that just wanted the cheapest rate all the time so you know your your rate might have lasted a month that next month they're looking for that next group on and moving on, you know, but at the same time, it still was, you know, an ability for me to capture some content, you know, learn uh, a, a better experience. Cause at that time I, I didn't have a lot of like large group classes and stuff like that. So it, it definitely got me to get some experience with that, learn different you know, ways and modes of, of training for that. Mm. Uh, there was a small percentage that I was able to keep too. You know, they came to my, my, my gym they work with me and they were like, hey, you know, I, I like the way you train, you know, like I've done other Groupons, but, you know, something about this is, you know, I want to stick with it. So they stuck with me and, you know, like I was able to build it. So two years later, you know, uh, me and the two partners that I had, we we doubled our space, mm-hmm. doubled our space, you know, like uh, had a lot more equipment, had a whole turf side, had a big sandbox, mm-hmm. all kinds of, you know, kind of unique offerings that a lot of the gyms didn't have. And, uh, you know, a bunch of sleds and, you know, like we made it fun. And 2015, you know, I was able to get into Shape Magazine as one of their top 50 U.S. hottest trainers. And oh. that, that gave me some local publicity, you know, in the, the local newspaper and the local magazine, you know, and, uh, and it kind of took off from there. From there, I started getting some, you know, NFL athletes that were in off season coming in my doors and uh, mm. some collegiate, collegiate players and stuff like that. And, you know, like it, it just started to take off in 2015. So uh, I watched uh, Bud fight Gamboa in Omaha. You know, mm. uh, he fought Gamboa in Omaha. You were there in person? And, yeah, yeah. I got ringside tickets just because I, I was always a boxing fan. Uh-huh. I was actually looking into amateur boxing at the time because I, I had a bunch of MMA guys that came to my gym that I trained. Yeah. And, you know, they take boxing classes. So I was kind of inquiring with them, like, you know, where should I go? Mm. And... uh you know, I was talking about one of my fighters, Dwayne. He he had me uh, talk to his coach. His coach 
agreed to come to my gym to train because I didn't have the time to like get out. I was in my gym all day and all night. So he was coming to me, you know, for an hour training me and stuff like that. And I was starting to take it a little bit more serious. Uh, went to the Gamboa fight with one of my good friends. I knew uh, Red Spikes, who was one of one of Bud's boxing coaches, you know. So he's walking by, I dap him up. Bud daps me up on the way in. And, you know, team walks to the ring. And I remember looking at my friend and telling him, like, man, I'm – I'm going to coach him one day. Watch. I'm going to coach him. And, you know, he kind of looked at me like I was crazy, you know, like, but, but was the biggest athlete we had in Nebraska. You know, we don't have professional teams and stuff like that. So he was just like, okay, it's a hoop dream, whatever, you know, like, (laughs) and, uh, and so uh, about a month passed after the fight, I reached out to red was just like, Hey, you know, like I want to, I want to get butt in my door, man. Like, tell me what I need to do with it. You know, holler at him for me. And he was just like, you know, you got to talk to him directly. Just, Hit him up through Facebook. And I was just like, man, he's not, you know, he's not gonna pay attention to me through Facebook. He's got all, all kind of, he was a world champion at that time. So he's right. like, you know, he's not gonna all kinds of people hit him up, but whatever, you know. And I think a couple weeks passed, I hit him up and you know, uh he, he hit me back like a day later. It was just like, wow. you know, because I told him, I was like, you know, worst case, this is who I am, this is what I do. Worst case, you, you know, 45 minutes of your time is all I'm asking. Yeah. And uh he came out, you know, we scheduled time for him to come out. He came out on a Wednesday. Uh, put him through work. He loved it. You know, like my my kind of uh, mode of training at that time was, you know, I wanted to to train with every group class, every personal training session I, I was a part of. I did the work with him. Oh, and, you know, like when he came in my door, when he came in my door, it like excited me because, you know, like being a former athlete, like I, I wanted to see where, you know, how do I line up against the world class? Nah, that's, that's a fact. You know? I, I've been getting uh, so, on the same thing. <laughs> yeah, so, like, there was a little bit of, you know, like, okay, you know, I want to get him on my door. And at the time, like I said, I just wanted to get him in my door to promote my gym. That was it. Right. And uh, But when, when he came, you know, like, it's a private gym, so we had 5,000 square feet mm-hmm. and, you know, all kinds of equipment and stuff. And, and I just wanted to out-train him. And, uh, you know, that was my mindset. So I pushed him. He loved it. You know, like, yeah, he – Got done with the workout. He was like, man, I ain't, I ain't been pushed like that. He was like, I need this work. He was like, uh, I want to come back on Friday. And I was like, yeah, most definitely. You know, like, I'm thinking this, this is good publicity for the gym. And so, you know, we snapped some pictures. He comes back on Friday. Same mindset. I was like, man, I, I want to outwork this dude when he comes in. Like, I just want to, I want to do everything. I want to run a little faster, harder. I want to, you know, like, whatever we do. Like, I just want to yeah. push. And, uh, you know, we got done. He was like, man, he was like, he was like, that was a great workout. Love it. He was like, what I got to what I got to know is what it would take to bring you to training camp with me and you'd be a strength coach of mine. And I'm thinking like, you know, like, like, say less, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, of course, of course I, I don't know what it takes. Give me a day or two to think about, you know, like what I charge, because obviously, you know, like I'm walking away from my business. But mm-hmm. that's why I, I didn't know anything about training camps at that time. I was like, you know, how long is training camp? He was like, we'll be gone for six weeks in Colorado. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, so let me try to figure out in my mind, you know, what it what it would take or what I'm displacing, you know, from my business and maybe we can negotiate from there. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, next day I hit him with a number and, you know, next day was Saturday, hit him with a number and he was just like, yeah, that'll work. And I was like, well, you know, when do we leave? And he was like, Sunday, t- tomorrow. <laughs> so, I was, so I had to figure out, you know, my whole business. Show. Like, you know, I wasn't going to say no to the opportunity yeah. or what it might bring, you know. But, yeah, it was 2015, May of 2015, and the rest has kind of been history. I've kind of, you know, taken time away from it. You know, like, obviously, I've got a family support. So leaving for six to eight weeks at a time, you know, if he's only fighting once or twice, 
a year, you know, sometimes like sometimes I had to, I took some other roles, you know, and had to say no, or, you know, for whatever reason, camp didn't work out. But I mean, we've always, I've always been a part of the team, always stayed close. So whether I was going to a camp or not, you know, like it's always been like family and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all, all the big fights, everything that was important, you know, from un- his first undisputed and in between, you know, like uh, I've been a part of, you know, and, and uh, he'll reach out and tell me, hey, I need you. You know, like I, I felt, you know, like with this fight, he was just like, you know, I just remember that endurance I had in my legs and the strength I felt when I fought Postal. And, uh, you know, like I need that, like, you know, like only you can give that to me. So with Spence, you know, you know, you know what this fight is, and you know, I need you here. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, say say less, I'm there, you know. So uh, in between, I did have, you know, like the I broke my spinal cord in 2021. Uh, you know, he he was one of the first persons to reach out to me, see how I was doing. And I remember that November, it was January that I broke my spinal cord. Mm-hmm. That November, it was it was actually a little bit before November. It was like uh, October. He reached out. He was just like, man, hey. I don't know how you're feeling, but we want to see you in the gym, you know, just get here. You know, if I got to pick you up, just say, you know, you can hang out while, you know, we get our work in. I just, everybody's want, wants to see you. And mm-hmm. so I was like, oh, you know, like I'll come out there. So came out there, hadn't seen, I kind of fell off the face of social media and everything. I was just kind of keeping myself trying, yeah. you know, I was completely paralyzed, you know, for yeah. A, yeah. the first, first eight weeks, I couldn't even move my toes a little bit, you know, and, uh, you know, like it was, it was, it was rough. I couldn't sit up in bed you know like in the hospital i couldn't even sit up without passing out and yeah. uh you know my, my blood pressure would drop you know it was crazy so uh you know like come uh october i still wasn't getting around good you know like the when i woke up out of the coma that they had put me in uh you know they told me i never walk again and you know like from that point you know i, I knew i had to stop listening to that doctor and like you know yeah. you ain't gonna tell me i'm gonna show you what i can do and you know and uh like i just knew even though I couldn't feel my legs when I woke up, I was just like, you know, like I'm not okay with just giving up. And, and if I got to try to, you know, get back on my feet every day for the rest of my life, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, so fast forward October, I'm starting to get around a little bit, but you know, right. I'm still kind of with a walker. And, and uh, so I come to the gym and he was getting ready for Sean Porter, mm. or, you know, about to leave, leave for the Sean Porter camp. And, you know, like he, he was like, uh, come back, come back tomorrow put me through some strength and conditioning. And I was just like, you know, in my mind, like I'm not even working. I'm just, you know, kind of just living, you know, like yeah. just <laughs> every day in a lot of pain, you know, like hanging around my, you know, like at least I get to see my daughter, like, you know, appreciating the fact that, you know, I can get on my feet at that time. And, you know, I can be around my kids and enjoy my family and stuff like that. But at the same time, just really not knowing what was next. Mm. And so, you know, he, he, uh, so I come back, put me through some strength. I came back the next day and you know, put him through some strength. He was like, he was like, Chet, he was like, Porter's going to be tough. I need you. I want you at camp. You know, I'll pick you up and, yeah. you know, take you out. And I was like, man, that's crazy. Like, you know, like to yeah. go from not, not knowing if I'm ever going to have a job or walk again or see a gym to all of a sudden, you know, like I got, you know, at that time he was already making a name at welterweight, you know, and right. I was like, we, I got one of the top boxers that still wants me to be, involved like you know it was, yeah. it was it was dope like there's a lot of people that would go do that opportunity for free you know and and i got you know him wanting to take me out in the condition that i'm in and still pay me to do it like mm-hmm. so uh i told him yes you know about a week passed and you know like my body still wasn't together so the night before he called me 
And he was like, hey, I'm going to pick you up this time. And I was like, but I got to sit this one out, man. My body's just not right. I've been, I'd have been away from my family for too long, you know, because that was COVID period. So even when I was in the hospital, I couldn't see my kids like I wanted to, you know, like I wasn't around family or nothing like that. So, and he was like, man, I understand. He was like, uh, as soon as your body's ready, I, you know, I need you back for this last leg, you know, of, of what I'm trying to do with boxing. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of like, you know, from the beginning of, you know, getting out of high school careers to yeah. meeting the team to where I'm at now. So, I mean, uh, yeah. yeah, like I'm in this last leg with Bud for however long it lasts, you know. Yeah, that's, that's an incredible story, bro. Like there's so many things that I want to – and I want to touch on from the business side of things, like from your business background to the, you know, like coming – like getting over a spinal cord injury like that is just – is just crazy. And so I think we can encapsulate a few of those things in these last couple of um, things that I want to ask. So, you know, one of the things, of course, that we touched on is just the importance of the team. And so what I'm hearing from, from you in this, like even just the method that you use to train Bud and everything, like you're actively working out, like he's pushing you, you're pushing him. It's like iron, iron sharpens iron. Like we know that, but to see it actually take place within a team, I think sends a message to all other um, teams, organizations, groups, whatever it is who want to perform at the highest level. Like right now, Team Crawford is the highest level team in boxing, right? Like everything that y'all are doing right now, best team in boxing, right? So we can learn so much and the audience can learn so much from hearing about what happens within, you know, training camp, what happens inside of the locker room what happens inside of the gym and really take that and apply it to whatever team it is that they're leading or that they're a part of like even just hearing you right now like I'm getting a lot of inspiration for how I want to you know lead my beyond athletics team or the art of kings team that we are working to build out right now so it's really dope to get that kind of insight and so I actually a, a new question came up in my mind and I, I will probably save this. We'll probably save this okay. and I'll just close out on this. But um, so my other question before that, so even talking about like the spinal cord injury and this big fight with Spence and everything like that, how do you win? And it's funny because you have winner, you have winner on your uh on your uh LinkedIn profile. Like it's just coach, leader winner and i'm like i'm like all right say less <laughs> say less so my question is how do you win not even just you personally but how does one win before they even start the fight quote unquote like whatever their fight is how do you win before you even start because even like what you were just talking about with this big fight with spence you're like y'all already knew y'all were gonna win like y'all won before the fight even started watching the fight like I wasn't there, but I was watching it live pay-per-view. I'm like, you could tell like, yep, he won. Like as soon as he came out first, second round, like, yep, yeah, like bug got this in the bag. And so that happens with so many different, not only fights, but just anything where you're performing at your highest level when you're executing on your craft, you could see like whether or not somebody has already won before it even happens. So how do you win before your quote unquote fight even starts? So. So, yeah, I'll go into, you know, my mindset on it, but there there was a quote from Francis Nagano, who's the uh, lineal UFC heavyweight champion that was, he, just, he just put out yesterday uh, on Mike Tyson's uh, hot boxing, uh, was basically telling Mike, 
you know, a champion isn't built on a belt. Mm. They're, they're built on that mindset. They know they're a champion before they even step in the ring. You know what I mean? So they know they're a champion and, you know, they know they're willing to do whatever it takes to be great mm. before they actually, you know, like have that competition. So, like, I think it's the same thing with me is just like, it, it you got to figure out who you are. You know, uh, mm. I got asked the question uh, the other day about, about Spence, you know, like what I thought of Spence overcoming, you know, a serious injury, you know, like a lot like mine, you know, he had a significant car accident, you know, I had a bad car accident. Uh, I know with me, you know, like it was a, when it comes to winning, you know, like I woke up and, you know, I got somebody telling me, a surgeon telling me, you know, like you were in a horrific car accident, you're never going to walk again. And, you know, for, for me, you know, like I said, with fitness being my passion, the fact that I might not ever see a gym was probably the first thought that went through my mind. Right. And, you know, like I, I wasn't able to resonate or accept that because, like I said, 2012, I realized this is my passion and this is what I want to spend the rest of my life doing, you know, in some capacity. And uh, once you find that passion, you find your purpose, because I say purpose because you know, over a 10 year period and longer, you know, I've been able to affect a lot of people's lives and change a lot of people's lives. So, you know, like not only is it my passion, but I know it's my purpose and I know I'm great at it, you know? So for me to do anything else less then I'm kind of serving a disservice to my life and everyone around me that I'm able to touch, you know? So I think for a lot of people, it's, it's really finding what you're passionate about and, you know, like, does that align with your purpose? And if it does, then, you know, like, that's that's your character. That's that's who you are. Mm. So for me to, to, to do anything less than train or be in a gym or, you know, like, motivate people in some kind of capacity from fitness, it wasn't going to be acceptable. And I don't know what else I am outside of that. You know, like, with Spence, same thing. Like, you know, Spence's box probably since he was six, seven years old, right? So, you know, probably never had like a, a a real long time, full time job because, you know, in his mind, he was going to be a world champion when he first started boxing. Just like when Bud first started boxing, he knew I'm going to be a world champion one day. Mm-hmm. You know, not every not everybody can, you know, like really encapsulate it and execute. It, you know yeah. what I mean? So like that's where it comes like the execution takes from the process. You know what I mean? A lot of people, if they've got that that mindset that they're willing to do whatever it takes and put in all the work without making shortcuts mm-hmm. to be great, can do it. Right. You know, most most people won't. Most people won't put in the work. Mm-hmm. Most people aren't, you know, like they don't want to sacrifice, you know, like things like drinking and things like partying and things like maybe not working, you know, a full-time job in high school and, you know, like, Cause they got other things to do, you know, there's the, they live broke yeah. for, for a long time or they, they stay yeah. with family. They stay with their parents a little longer, you know, to, to be able to enjoy the fruits of the labor later. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah. it's not about, it's not about the now per se, but they, ha- they've got that, that, that long-term goal in mind and aren't willing to let go of it until they've actually achieved it. So, you know, like, I, I think it's a, a combination of, like I said, learning what your, your passion, your purpose is, and then doing, you know, then figuring out what your goals are from there. 
mm-hmm. and doing everything you can to encapsulate that, you know, and, and for those people, you know, the, the people that want to stand as, as champions of, you know, like of sport or, you know, or it doesn't even have to be a, a champion of a sport, but to be the greatest at whatever they're doing. Right. You know, like how much effort and work are you willing to put in to get there? Because, you know, if there's somebody out working you and willing to out hustle and work harder than you, you're never going to be a champion. Right. And if you don't, if you don't have that mindset that you can't be great, mm-hmm. you're right. You know what I mean? So like, you know, like I think, like I said, when it comes down to it, a lot of people can do whatever they want to do and be, to be the best at it. Mm-hmm. If they're willing to put in the work, if yeah. they're willing to, you know, like sacrifice everything that might not mean anything towards getting to that goal. Mm. But if they are, if they are, you know, and they're willing to work harder than anybody they can find, you know, working. If they're not watching TV, they're not on Instagram and they're not on, you know, cause they're putting all that time into their passion, their work, their art. Yeah. Then, you know, like those are going to be the people that are, are being champions at whatever their, their goal is. Yeah. Yeah, bro. It's, you know, I love everything you just said, bro. Like, you don't understand. Like, so like, I know that when you are aligned with your purpose and your passion and just like how you were with when overcoming the spinal cord injury and everything, like that is the most powerful thing in the world. Like the universe works with you, as I say, like to do everything, you know, that you aspire to do when you're just aligned and you're, you know, healthy, even in your mind, like there's clarity, like, you know, why you're here, you know, who you are, like you said, like, you know, who you are, like, you know, that you have to do this, because you have to make that impact, because you have to be the best version of yourself, because you have to be the fully realized, you know, man that you are, you know, for for context for our audience, right? And like, the power behind that is something that I talk about a lot, something that I truly believe in because you know and this is one of the things that I get so passionate about when I'm speaking with people even just you know throughout my work it's like this is my passion this is my purpose this is why I'm here and so it's like nothing is more important than that like I don't care about anything around that so when we talk about sacrificing things like drinking and sacrificing things like going out partying social media a lot of things that some of your you know peers might be be into it's like, what is that in comparison to what, who I am and what I am mm-hmm. going to build and what I am going to do? Like, it's just trivial. Like we talking about some really powerful stuff. So to th- even think that something like, or if you in your mind, there's like drinking even, or, you know, it's hard to whatever it is, sacrifice, whatever it is, like you might not be as serious as, as you know, as you might think about what you're trying to do, because yeah. for a lot of people, that stuff just doesn't come to their mind it doesn't come to their thoughts because like all they can see is what they're trying to build and i that's my that's been my experience and which is why it hasn't been hard for me to sacrifice a lot of things that i sacrifice and just hearing you and hearing about bud and everything i'm like yo this is incredible that this is you know the case because i say this on the podcast a lot there was a time where i thought like i grew up in the i grew up in the south bronx i grew up in the projects and everything so there was a time where you know, when I was younger or for my whole throughout my whole life until rather recently, I thought I was like the only person who kind of thought in the way that I did, because all of the people around me weren't really focused on the same things that I was focused on. A lot of people around me weren't really just, you know, as passionate about whatever it is. 
about just passionate about something as I was. So I was like reading, working out hard, trying to eat healthy, even though delis around you, not serving like the best of foods and everything like that, you become the outlier at a very young age. And so that was me. And so me not knowing any better with that small kind of perspective at a young age, I'm thinking like, yo, I'm the only person on earth who thinks like this. Like, that's my, that's my thought process. I'm the only person on earth. And I grew to quote unquote, accept that at a very young age. I'm like, yo, nobody else thinks like me, but I don't care. Like, I know what I'm here for. I'll be alone on this journey until the day I die. And I'm fine with that. Like, I I don't care. Like, at least I lived out my, my purpose. And so obviously that came with some of its, uh, downfalls especially getting older like having a network and everything and so i'm breaking out of that i'm breaking out of that now and everything but like just to hear you know like i said you talk about those things and hear so many other guests that we talk about say those things it gives a lot of perspective and for the audience i want to definitely encourage all of you guys to lean into your passion and your purpose all the way because not only because you know that's it's it's what you have to do to become the, the greatest version of yourself but just know that there's also the community of people like that like even if it's like one out of every 50 people who are really just completely focused in on their passion and their purpose like you can find the community for that you are not the only person who is you know who is thinking like that and on that journey you focus on it you will eventually connect with those who are like-minded in that sense like how team crawford did for example you guys all had your own separate journeys but you met at some point and now look at the great things that y'all are able to accomplish. So I love all of that, man. And so that was the last question I had, but based on the other things that you said, I, I kind of just want to get some, a little bit more perspective from my own curiosity. And I just want the art of Kings community to hear a little bit about it. So, you know, I'm going to be curious about the business side of these things. So coming hearing that you're coming from a business background, right. And now, Bud is, is his own um, promotion agency, correct? Yeah, so he's his own promotion agency. So I'm just curious to know what is the, like, and even just with you having a gym, I know Bud has a gym as well. Like, are are those, are those the same, are those the same gym? Like, or is he has a separate gym you had? Is it different from the gym that you had? And then even with the promotion agency and everything, like, what are the next steps? What are the next steps for you? What are you guys thinking about? Because I know the whole landscape of marketing is now changing um, to, you know, smaller, um, like promotional agencies like this podcast or, you know, uh, you'll see Bud doing different, you know, interviews with different uh, different people and everything like that. So you definitely see the marketing scope change a little bit. And so I'm just curious, what are y'all next steps? What have y'all really been focusing on? What have you, what are you looking to, you know, venture out and do? Uh, currently so uh you know as part i sold my gym in 2019 so you know there's you know, there's no competition between gyms or anything like that the boxing academy uh we are uh kind of expanding so the city just gave us a building across the street from his mm-hmm. and uh we want to really you know uh encompass a lot of different things for the youth because that's essentially that's what the boxing academy is for you know keeping uh underprivileged youth you know, off the street and, you know, give them something to kind of look forward to. But is, you know, a pivotal uh, asset to have, you know, when it comes to the community on that side of things. Uh, but we also want to, you know, like build into a deeper strength and conditioning side, you know, more weights, more equipment, stuff like that, where, you know, you got boxing rings and wrestling mats, they take a lot of space. So obviously, you know, like I'll be, I'll play a pivotal role in everything we do, strength, conditioning, and, uh, the community is, 
as far as, you know, other fighters that we have too, we've got other professional fighters, you know, uh, through BNB Academy uh, that we work with. So just giving them you know rock solid facility to work from, uh, you know, I'll continue to be a part of that. As far as, you know, what he does from a promotional standpoint in boxing, that just kind of comes down to, uh, you know, the contract negotiation when fights are set, you know, like PVC top rank, they don't play real well together. You know what I mean? And it kind of held off Spence and Crawford for a long time. And that's why he left. And, and now, you know, like he's able to negotiate, you know, a lot of those items on his own. That's that's where he benefits from, you know, like having his own promotional company. Obviously, they also set up some uh, local boxing tournaments and stuff like that, that, you know, they can get some 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 people that don't always get the limelight, some shine and some paid, you know, paid events here in Omaha. Yeah. You know, not everybody wants to come to Omaha. Not everybody can get on a Spence Crawford card, you know, but they're a pro fighter. They want to get some fights. So, uh, you know, he's able to do a lot more in hand with having a, not every fighters in position to have their own promotional company or are going to get fights if they're by themselves. Right. And obviously he's, he's made a name for himself just like Floyd did. You know, Floyd was with top rank for a long time, got to a point where he could do it on his own, you know? Yeah. So not everybody's in that position. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of where that play comes in. Me personally, uh, you know, like it's, it's more than, obviously I don't want to just be known for being Bud Crawford's trainer. You know what I mean? I want to be a, a world-class trainer to, you know, high elite clients. You know, I want actors that are getting ready for major roles that I might spend a month with. I want, I want, you know, CEOs that want to get their entire employee staff, you know, in a, in a week boot camp. they paid me to come out. But more so than that, those are resume builders, the things that I want to do mm. even bigger than that. You know, like I want to, obviously there's a lot of people that aren't into fitness. There's a lot of people that aren't into boxing, mm. but uh, everybody can relate to adversity. You know, like what I went through with my spinal cord injury, there's a lot more people I can touch in that sector with yeah. overcoming adversity and being a motivational, you know, uh, kind of entail to that than yeah. I ever could with fitness or boxing. So public speaking is huge for me. Writing my book is huge for me. Mm. Corporate wellness and government, you know, like those are things that I'm working on now. And I've got a team, you know, like you said, it takes team. I don't plan to go out it alone. I've got, you know, a, a note, noteworthy uh pretty large networker that I'm working with mm -hmm. uh, the public, you know, Lamar's a good public speaking friend, you know, like we've been friends since sixth grade. So oh, yeah, Lamar's, L yeah, Lamar's on my team to help me kind of navigate everything that I'm going to need to run into when it comes to public speaking. And I've got a videographer, a photographer, uh, we're kind of zoning in on a publicist, an attorney, you know, like we're building that team. Yeah. Now I've got a web developer, you know, like, so I've got a lot of the components that I need to, kind of generate those other avenues because obviously I should be I should be making more you know money and affecting more lives even more importantly affecting more lives and touching more individuals mm. outside of training somebody for six weeks or being in a training camp mm. then you know like there's 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 so much more I can do outside of that element that element just allows me to build my brand and resume right why they should you know but but mm. ultimately like man yeah I want I want to touch and change lives you know and i want to do that on a large scale and so, uh you know like that's that's what i'm doing right now is really just trying to uh you know get the rest of this team set in place like we got regular meetings and and you know like hit the ground sprinting you know what i mean like a, like like the profile says you know coach lead win like i plan to do this on a large scale and you know like i want to i want to be great at that yeah let's go i love to hear it man i love to hear it that's exactly why 
wanted to have you on a podcast, right? When we talk about the art of kings, when we talk about impact, when we talk about leadership, ownership, all of the things that we love to, you know, to talk further into on this podcast, man, you're exemplifying with all of those endeavors. I love to hear it, man. Um, and I really, that's, that's everything for today. So what can, uh, where can our audience find you, connect with you, see some of the stuff that you're working on? Um, I know you're, you're writing right now. Are you currently writing or is the book like, what's the, what's the status of the book? Is it out? What's uh, I'm, I'm completely drunk. Like I've journaled a lot, you know, from the time of the accident, obviously camps and stuff like, cause this is the only training camp I've been a part of. So now I'm really just trying to outline in what makes most sense and direction, you know, and, and kind of how, to, and I've got a couple authors that I'm working with that are kind of helping me navigate, you know, that process. But, uh, yeah, I've got, I've got help when it comes to that. And really it's just me, uh, zoning in on the direction of it at this, at this point. So gotcha. once that's once that's set in stone and the writing will begin, but I'll, I'll have help with that, obviously. Yeah. Yes, sir. So where where can some of our audience find you, connect with you, uh, see some of the things that you're going to be working on? So LinkedIn is just Chet Fortune. Uh, Instagram is Strength Condition Coach. And gotcha. then they can find me on my website, www.coachchet.com. Got you, got you. All right, so you guys heard it there. I'll also leave everything in the description to make it easier for you guys. Be sure to check out everything that he's working to do. Be sure to tune in with Team Crawford and see everything that they're doing because there's a lot of dope stuff going on right now, a lot of a lot of world building. So be sure to check out everything that's happening. Again, thank you guys for tuning in to today's episode. We look forward to seeing you next week. Peace. Peace, family. Thanks for listening to another episode of the podcast. The Art of Kings team is constantly working to create the best episodes and content for you guys so that we can further our mission and impact as many of our brothers as possible. However, we cannot do this alone. So we ask three things of the amazing community that will help us slowly but surely change the world. Firstly, we ask that you engage with the content. Our official Instagram is at underscore Art of Kings underscore. Be sure to comment your thoughts on topics, share posts you find insightful, and of course, stay up to date on all of the latest news. Next, we ask that you share this podcast directly with one person that you feel could upgrade their life by joining our family. This is the most effective way to help build our community and give value to somebody you care for. Finally, we ask that you take action. Actually apply something that you heard on the podcast to your life today. The execution of knowledge is power, and we love to see the community win big. With all that being said, I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and we'll see you next week. Peace. Oh, 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 oh,